Welcome to your weekly edition of the Cards Cast, your weekly podcast from Cardinal Authority. I'm senior writer Michael McCamma, joined by publisher Jody Demley. And it's a lot more fun to do this, Jody, when it's following a win instead of a four-game losing streak. The Cardinals snapped that losing streak, get their first ACC win of the year, a big win, a 38-16 defeat of a Florida State at Cardinal Stadium. Cardinals look good offensively, look good defensively. I mean, there, there's a, you know, Scott Satterfield kept using the words fun and exciting, and you can't blame him. And it sure was fun and exciting at a Cardinal Stadium on Saturday afternoon. You mean you don't want to continue to answer the same questions about how bad the punter <laughs> is or how bad the, the defense is and all that kind of good stuff? Missed, look, missed I, assignments. I, uh, yeah. Look, we said, look, we, we fessed up and we said it a few weeks ago, okay? You and I both said it on, on this podcast. At the beginning of the year, we were probably a little too easy or a little too positive about what this team could do. But I also think a lot of people were a little too negative about how bad this team was. And again, I think we're still in that point where we don't know how good or we don't know how yeah. bad they are. Yeah. Florida State was terrible. And, and you all saw that. I mean, Florida State... I don't understand. I just I, that's a program I'll never understand because since Bobby Bowden left, they've just not. I mean, they've had their years, but on a consistent basis, they've just not been that good. And they should be because look at the guys they've got on the team and the stars and all that kind of good stuff. They should be. But back to Louisville, I, I don't think they're as bad as we thought they were. I don't think they're as good as we thought they were. I think there's a, they're, they're, I think they could win a lot of games the rest of the year, but I also think that they could lose a lot of games the rest of the year. I, I had Craig Swabeck on my radio show last week, right before you joined me on the radio show, Michael, and he said something that I never really thought of. I, I guess I remember it, but I just didn't think of it this way. In Louisville's first six games last year, or I mean first five games last year, there were two games that they could have definitely lost. And it could have been, it could have been two. I guess it was six games. It could have been two and four, instead of four and two or whatever they were. And 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 it was an, it was it was as simple as five points. There were two games that were five points. And and so I think when you look at that, I just think that goes to show you that a this league isn't that bad, and b this team's not that far off. No, you know, and I agree with you. Yeah, you look at the rest of the schedule. Um, and we do the updates on, on the ESPN football power index every Sunday, and it's been trending upward ever since Louisville went up to, to South Bend and barely missed out on that upset win. Um, the only game that's projected where Louisville, I guess, is currently projected as the underdog is this next one coming up on Halloween when Virginia Tech comes in this Saturday at four o'clock. But that's certainly you know a game that, that Louisville can win. I mean, they, they're, they're coming off of a, a loss at uh, what, 23-16, I think it was, at Wake Forest. Knocked uh, the Hokies out of the top 25. But when you look at the list, uh, the, the remaining schedule, Virginia Tech, Virginia looked, you know, pretty decent against Miami. I mean, they've got uh, a similar kind of you know, scratch your head kind of record at the moment, but better than their record looks. Um, you know, Syracuse is a game you think you would like to win uh, yeah. and should win. But at Boston College, the Eagles are looking a lot better. And Wake Forest certainly looking a lot better. So this is a, a group of games that, uh, you, you know, it can go either way for the Cardinals. So, yes, that you know, there's a lot of momentum built. In that 48-16 uh, win, I think I said 38 earlier, 48-16 win over uh, Florida State. But, uh, you know, I think they should take an example of the Seminoles and say, hey, look, you, you can't count on momentum from just one game. You guys still got to show up to work. 
and you still got to focus and get things done. We've heard a lot of positivity from from Coach Satterfield, the other coaches and players about the last two weeks in practice and about how they're you know starting to find their stride and they're showing up extra early for for working out uh, in, in in the weight room or they're a little more involved in the meetings, whatever the case may be. You know, but you still got to do it. I mean, it was, Florida State felt pretty good coming to Louisville after beating North Carolina. You don't want to, you know, follow the same fate. You know, and now Virginia Tech certainly going to be a, a tough opponent. Uh, you know, they're one of the nation's top, I think, number three nationally uh, in rushing yards. They got a number one of the top five running backs in the country as well. Uh, so the defense certainly going to have its hands full this weekend. But but you like seeing them start to get a little swagger about them, start to have some uh, confidence about them these last two weeks. And if they can continue that going into Virginia Tech, uh, who knows how this season could end up. I like to see them tackle. And they didn't tackle on the first drive. We saw what happened. Yeah. And then yeah. they and then they tackled the rest ga- rest of the game and we saw, you know, what happened. I, I don't think it's been any magical potion. You know, as Scott Satterfield told me after the game uh, on our broadcast, on the radio broadcast, um, you know, it's not like they've moved a bunch of guys around. I mean, I mean, quite honestly, you know, some a couple guys – Again, Trey Clark was missing in that Georgia Tech game. Marlon Character was missing, but even even to that, Marlon Character didn't play a ton of snaps um, on, on Saturday. I mean, he played some, but but it was it was Chandler Jones and um, uh, and Trey Clark, and, and 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 so they really they really haven't done anything out of the ordinary as far as you know moving a a, a plethora of guys you know, around and all around and all that kind of good stuff. You know, Desmond tells getting more snaps uh, on, on defense. You know, Robert Hicks is a guy who's getting more snaps on, on defense uh, at the linebacker spot. And obviously Mon- Monty Montgomery is playing a lot, but, but really that's been the rotation kind of from the beginning of the year. But I think guys are just tackling. Look, on, on Saturday, I thought, and, 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 and I said this last week, Rajay Burns, has been a major disappointment this year. I thought he had his best game on Saturday, and going back and watching it, he played really well. And I think that when this team plays well, it's it's no coincidence that he that he has a good game. Yeah, you know, and I think confidence has a lot to do with it as well. I mean, they felt pretty good, uh, you know, coming out of South Bend, only you know allowing 12 points to, to the Irish, and then obviously feeling really good about themselves after this win over the Seminoles. Uh, you know, but but still. You know, yeah. I don't want to give them too much credit. You know, kind of like you were talking about earlier, uh, we still don't know what the the, tr- the the full makeup or true identity of this team is. I mean, we have to remember. Let's let, let's not forget Jordan Travis is not the best throwing quarterback uh, in the country. You know, and Chuba Purdy, the, the true freshman, we're all familiar with, came in and went 0 for 9. Guys were dropping passes all over the place, uh, but still. The defense was there. I mean, they, they ended up with a, a team record 12 pass deflections. So they're they're more in the spaces where they've 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 not been in games prior. Um, if they had played defensively like they did against against Florida State, like they like they should have against Georgia Tech, they probably come away with a W out of Atlanta. You know, but that's you know should have would have could have. You know, but to me, I think confidence is is a big boost. And you know, when with the pressure they got on Ian Book two weeks ago, you know, I think really started to uh, you know snowball effect. For this defense, you know, to where like, hey, look, we can do this. Um, you know, now, again, they're going to have a very tough challenge slowing down Virginia Tech's running game. Uh, but you know, going into that game, a lot more confident than they than they were you know, three weeks ago. And you know, so I think a lot of that has, you know, it, when you start feeling good about yourself, you know, better things will happen. 
All right, let's let's start with defense a little here, and let's go a little more into that. Jared Goldwire has played a really high level for the past yeah. couple of weeks. He had six tackles against Georgia Tech and led the team. He had six tackles also against Notre Dame. Um, it, the other day he had. Let's see, I've got my tackles. I got my tackles here to see what he had, but he he's played really well uh, for this Louisville team. He only had two tackles the other day, uh, but but has played really well. He's played. Um, the most snaps of anybody up front and he continues to get breaks. And I think that that is what has helped him. You know, you've seen, um, you know, you've seen guys like Malik Clark in there. Now you see Desmond tell more in, in, in the middle uh, up front there. Um, he, they're getting, they're keeping gold wire. Um, they're keeping gold wire kind of fresh, I, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. Uh, in and out. He's still, again, he still played the most snaps of anybody on the front line. Uh, but on one of those drives the other day, Mark Ivey played 10 guys on one drive. Um, and, and I think that that is, that is a big deal. And I think that that's why, you know, three of the last four, uh, let's see, is it three of the last four? So, cause it was, it was uh, after the Georgia tech game. So it was uh, Notre Dame, uh, Pittsburgh, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh and Florida state. Uh, did not score in the fourth quarter. Three of those, three of those teams, the three teams. Uh, now Georgia Tech obviously outscored Louisville twenty to nothing in the fourth quarter. Uh, but the but Georgia Tech, or Pittsburgh, uh, Florida State, and Notre Dame. None of those three teams scored in the fourth quarter against Louisville. So this defense is. I think you're seeing that rotation thing, you know, kind of pull off there, or or or, or, or be the reason why they they do that. Um, you know, greedy Vance's in the secondary has come in and played well uh, as a young guy, but I think they're set now with Clark and Chandler Jones. Now, Anthony Johnson played well at the end and became the first player in Louisville history to, to knock away three passes or have three pass breakups on three consecutive plays. Uh, and they were all three against Chubba Purdy there in the last three plays of the game. So it was nice to, to keep them out of the end zone. Uh, Anthony hasn't played particularly well. Hopefully the other day we'll give him a little bit of a boost in, in, in his confidence, but uh, you know, they've kind of settled on, uh, on, on Trey and, and Chandler. And then, and then in the safety spot, you know, there's still Jack Fago, uh is, is playing a lot of, of, of snaps. Um, and I, you know, about half of what Russ East and Isaiah Hayes have played, but still um, that's, that's gaining a lot on them. So I think if you, if he can give those guys a little bit of a spell, um, and, and, and keep them and keep them fresh. And then the linebackers, they've just got guys that are playing well, you know, I mean, when they put Monty in, he makes plays, uh, you know, CJ Avery leading the team in tackles, Dorian Etheridge was, uh, going in the last week was leading the nation in, in tackles for a loss or second for tackles up for a loss. Um, you know, and Rajay, Rajay Burns, Jasir Abdul and Nick Okiki. Okiki is, has graded out among the top five guys for the whole season on, on defense. He makes a lot of plays. So Michael, I guess what I'm getting to is they're, they're getting into this rotation and then they're working some of these young guys in. Um, I, I think it, I think it bodes well for the rest of the season to, to keep these guys fresh and then, you know, knock on wood, nothing happens and you don't get anybody hurt. Yeah, I think them being fresh in their expanding rotation is certainly a plus, um, you know, for, for multiple, reasons, multiple reasons. Not only is it keeping them fresh and allowing them to, to play stronger later in the games, but it's also creating, you know, competition. I mean, guys want to be on the field. One of the things, going back to Jared Goldwire, one of the things that really jumped out is, you know, he got benched. 
You know, yeah. he he lost his starting gig for for one game, and and then Pitch since then off. he's really yeah he really you know has has stepped his game up a lot. Um, you mentioned Trey Clark, you know him being healthy and in that secondary, you know I think his he's starting to become one of those guys that's viewed by opposing defenses or opposing offenses, excuse me, as a guy you kind of don't want to throw at. Um, you know he's he's knows how to get his hand on the ball, and eventually he's going to start you know catching some of these uh, for interceptions as well. You know, so it, you know he's starting to have an impact, and I think you're seeing that competition really start to boost. Uh, you know that linebacking group. You know, obviously, lots been said about Monty Montgomery. Uh, sure, he's still a, a you know a growing athlete on the field. Where he's he's you know we heard Brian Brown told us you know last week he's still making he still has some missed assignments that that uh, that uh, go up on his board. You know that he's got to overcome. But man. I mean, you talk about a difference maker, and, and you saw that against Florida State. I mean, early on that first drive, uh, when Jordan Travis made some Louisville defenders look really bad, I mean, it was just some cutback moves, and guys were grabbing at air as he goes by. Once Monty kind of cued in on him, you know, if you think back through the rest of the game, I mean, Jordan really had you know, struggles being a, being a consistent runner, um, and he entered the game as Florida State's you know top threat on the ground, and Monty really kept a good eye on him. You know, he had a great play where he got called for, rightfully so, I think, called for that face mask penalty, face mask penalty. But it was a fantastic read on um, Monty's part. And, you know, and that's what he's bringing uh, to that linebacking group. And, and you're seeing that. I mean, you know, Yasir Abdul with a big play as well. Um, you know, and I thought C.J. Avery may have had his best game, you know, of the season. Still not perfect, but I think he still may have had his best game of the season against the Seminoles. So, uh, yeah. you know, you do that, you keep them fresh. And and you're motivating guys at, at the same time, and that's you know that's you, you, a recipe you know for the, success for sure. You know the crazy thing. Last thing we'll talk about defense, then we'll move on. But the crazy thing about uh, uh, about uh, Montgomery is, I, I look at I really like um, the analytic stuff. Um, the college football cfbstats.com is is yep. like my home. Um, yeah, I love but it. But pro I like Pro Football Focus as well, and and so this is not Louisville, but this is Pro Football Focus. Do you know where Monty is? And I, I don't have it up. I don't have it right here right now. But I looked at it this morning, and I'm pretty sure I know. I remember the number. But do you know where Monty is as far as defensive players, as far as grading out? Where's he at? It's got to be eleven in the middle. In the middle, eleventh. Yeah, eleventh yeah. uh, on know. this on the team. Um, which, and, and, which... and I think that goes to show you that um, you know the one there was one of the one of the big plays. In the second, in that touchdown drive in the second quarter, they pulled him out, showed him something, and put him right back in. He's just growing, you know what I mean? Like he's not yeah. a he's yeah. not a guy that has been playing linebacker all of his life. Uh, he's he's a guy that is really good, but he's still growing. As we talked about on the board, he he does make mistakes, and that's why I think you see them want to continue to play the two seniors a lot because those guys have made a lot of plays. They've been in a lot of games. A lot of key situations, and Monty's going to help them, and he has helped them. But you're in order to win games down the road, you're going to need more than Monty. You're going to need CJ confidence. You're going to need Dorian Etheridge, you know, with confidence. So I think they continue to do that, and uh, and I think the defense is going to be better uh, for it. Offensively, look, I don't know that it was anything really different. It was just the fact that they connected on really. plays. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they made plays. You know, Hawk. Um, last, you know, last couple games when he goes into that line of scrimmage, he doesn't bounce that thing outside. And if he does, there might be somebody there. Luckily, Florida State didn't have anybody on the backside. Um, because obviously it was a weird 
setup, Louisville had nobody on that backside. There was no tight end. There was no uh, wide receiver. There was no slot. There was no H back. It literally, when he bounced out there, the only person out there was Cunningham, who went out there after he handed the ball off and just happened to be kind of hanging out, you know. And, yeah, uh, and, and I think in a that, good way. Yeah, in a, definitely in a good way. But I think that that's the thing. There wasn't a whole lot of difference. Guys just made plays. Um, I do think the line played the best game that they have played this year to date. Um, but again, I don't know that there was a whole lot of difference as much as just guys going out there and executing. Yeah, you know, and and really, shout out to the tight ends as well. You know, did a much better job blocking. That was one of the struggles earlier uh, in the year. That was, that was a weakness where, you know, when it came to blocking from the tight ends, and they did much better uh, against Florida State and, and as well against Notre Dame. Uh, to give credit to them for the, the their last two performances, you know, I did joke on the message board. I almost, I, yeah. I, too soon with the question mark when you know Scott Satterfield came out and they were running on first down and and then obviously he broke free for the for the big run um, you know but uh, yeah, it, that's that's who this what this offense is and it thrives on being able to to make those plays to to set up you know those big opportunities with which which we saw with uh, Tutu uh, great to see him getting in stride again especially there obviously with the two big catches in, in the first half and then uh, you, you love seeing him pull that one the backwards pass in from Juwan Pass uh, in the or, Puma, I should say, in late in the game as well. So um, it was great to see the big plays, you know, start to click. Um, I mean, Malik, you know, to his credit, had had some fantastic uh, throws down the field, you know, hitting guys in stride. So it was, it looked like, you know, hey, we've got our swag back. We, you know, let's stick to what we do. Be where you're supposed to be, and positive things are going to happen. I think that's what we saw against the Seminoles. They were doing what they were supposed to do, and you see what the result of it. Crazy thing is they still made a lot of mistakes. I, I would I do want to point out that uh, uh, talking about the tight ends, um, one thing that we saw that we have not seen from them this year, we saw it a couple of times uh, last year. And I know they I know that Dwayne Ledford loves to do this. And Scott Satterfield has got a package uh, that they use with four tight ends. And uh, and it's crazy to think. But of the four tight ends that they had in the game, it was three walk-ons, two of yeah. them now on scholarship, and a former offensive lineman from Vanderbilt who who <laughs> lost a hundred pounds and then came here as a grad transfer. That was the four linebacker, four uh, tight ends that they had. But you know what? They they made it work, and uh, and they and they uh, actually uh, really had a uh, a solid game plan. And I like that package, and I think we'll see more of it. Um, as we move down uh, the, the season, uh, as we get down the season, especially as it gets a little bit colder or whatever. Uh, but Francis Sherman is the uh, is the fourth guy. It's it's Isaac Martin. Uh, it's Marshawn Ford, obviously, Ian Pfeiffer and then uh, Francis Sherman. Uh, and he actually played about a dozen snaps uh, on offense uh, uh, this past week. So he's a guy that uh, that got some that got some run. Yeah, yeah, and you love seeing Mr. Touchdown Ian Piper pull another one as well. And here's something I think that you know we've talked about, you know, you know, in multiple podcasts, talked about on the message boards, it's been discussed on the radio, how Louisville has just struggled with consistency this year on both sides of the ball. When you look at the offense scoring on their first five possessions against Florida State, I mean that's that's the offense that I think a lot of us were expecting uh, when when the season began, and you know, and, and a great response after having so few plays. 
against Notre Dame just the week before. So, I mean, you're talking about scoring drives that are of 77, 70, 94, 68, and 65 yards. So, uh, you know, Louisville, you know, getting it, getting it done with, you know, the big plays and consistency against the Seminoles. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. So it'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be yeah. exciting. And uh, this is a week that, um, look, everybody was saying last week was a must win. Um, I, I kind of think uh, I, I kind of think this is a must win, don't you think? Yeah, they kind of all start to become that. I mean, you know, obviously the goal is to become bowl eligible and get into a bowl. And obviously, you know, who knows what bowl season is going to look like. We've already seen, you know, one pull away. So who knows, you know, how many bowls will still exist. You know, but if, if you want to do that, then, then Louisville's got to kind of be eyeing, you know, hey, we might need to win out. Um, and this on paper, this next one, Virginia Tech, looks like the most challenging game remaining. Uh, you know, four o'clock on going to be on the ACC network. Um, and again, it's one that Virginia Tech's a slight favorite. Uh, you know, so Louisville's got to come in, continue to carry that that mojo they seem to have found the last couple of weeks in their preparation and carrying that into, into game day as well. But yeah, Jody, you know, I think you know, it, pretty much if, if they win this one, um, then I think they're going to start capturing, you know, some of the attention of other, you know, of some folks around the country. Going, OK, Louisville may have found what we thought they were going to be early in the season. It just took them a while to get there. Yeah, they and they start off um, as a uh, they start off as a, um, a four point underdog. It's down to three today. I did notice a couple of of spreads that I was really intrigued by. Boston College um, is a thirty. I think it was it was a thirty two point underdog uh, at Clemson. I think Boston College is actually pretty good. I don't know if they can yeah. keep it within thirty two, but uh, Syracuse kept it within forty six and a half last week. And uh, that that one surprised me too. Wake Forest is a 12 and a half point favorite uh, over uh, over over Syracuse this week at Syracuse. So that's definitely a game that looks like Louisville uh, could or should win. Um, you know, and I, and I think it's uh, you know next week uh, at Virginia, Louisville's Louisville's got to take care of uh, of uh, of the Commonwealth of Virginia the next two weeks. And if you can do that and get back to four and four. Everything looks uh, everything looks a whole lot better than what it did a week or so ago, Michael. All right, we're less than a month from basketball. Yes. Um, in November 25th, um, so a month from yesterday, uh, and and this basketball stuff is, is getting crazier by the uh, by the minute and by the hour as far Just as when who's, you think scheduling, <laughs> who's scheduling, who's that, and who's this. I've been told three different times. Going all the way back to when we were at, um, where did we go? When we were at Georgia Tech, okay? When we were at Georgia Tech, the night of the Louisville-Georgia Tech game, I was told, you know what? I think it's, I think we're going to release that schedule probably coming up on Monday. And it didn't come out that week. It didn't come out Notre Dame week. It didn't come out last week like I thought it would. And I don't know if it'll come out this week because uh, – Louisville's MTE is full, but now there's other teams looking around for uh, for different uh, games and, and of such. Um, and I know Louisville's talking with several teams um, out there that need games. Uh, Orlando today just sent out a note saying that they're canceling all their games. They were they had eight tournaments uh, in Orlando, and and all those games uh, are being canceled. So I don't know how this will work out, um, but Louisville's bubble, and it's not really a bubble. If it was a bubble, then there would be no people allowed. And if it was a bubble, there would be no media allowed. If it was a bubble, 
everybody would be uh, would would go right back to the hotel and not be allowed out. So it's an MTE that is a controlled environment more than anything. Um, I think it could grow. I don't know for sure. Um, I know Coach Mack um, supposedly told his team on uh, on Sunday or Saturday uh, that there's a chance that that they could be playing a Big 12 team that's ranked, I think, in the top five or top ten in the preseason this year uh, in the bubble. And, and I know there's a Big East team with a former Louisville uh, assistant coach that's looking to go to for a game and uh, uh, and might be maybe looking to come back here. I'm not going to say any names, but uh, it, it could get pretty interesting this week with the teams that are out there looking for games. Um, now, with that said, you know, I've already heard – Several of those teams are going to create their own little MTE. So so they could steal some of those teams and take them with them, which I think probably will happen. And nothing might happen at Louisville. But it's it's crazy. It is a total shit show uh, as far as scheduling is 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 concerned. Um, you know, I was talking to Dino Gaudio last week for a, a radio interview and, and and some other stuff that, we're, that I'm working on. And he said, he was like, this has been like, like, I don't like, I want to go recruiting. He goes, I want to make some recruiting calls. He goes, cause this scheduling stuff has just been crazy. And he's been the one that's been in charge of, of trying to get the teams, you know, for the Louisville MTE. So um, right now that schedule that, uh, that we told you about on the board with Louisville's uh, teams that they're going to play starting out with Southern Illinois on that, on that uh, 25th night uh, right now, that's all still legit. That's all. That's what we know they're going to do, but, uh, but things could change. I don't think the teams will change that Louisville play all that much, maybe one game. Uh, if they can, can get an opponent that they really want to play um, that maybe one of those will, will change. But uh, other than that, just know that uh, it's crazy behind the scenes. Yeah, it's 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 one of those it, it's set, but hang on, you know, obviously there's a reason they haven't released the schedule officially at this point. Uh, but once we do get going, I mean, like like you started off, you know, the season is less than a month away. Uh, they're going to tip things off on the 25th of November. So uh, and Jody, I mean, once we get this this schedule finally announced and obviously the ACC schedule will come at, at some point as well. Um, you know, we'll start actually talking maybe a little bit more with the, what's going to happen on the floor and you know and to me it's it's a tight it's a team to get really excited about uh, obviously yeah. there's a lot of question marks i mean they've lost what 75 percent of their scoring from a year ago so there's a lot of answers to be or a lot of questions to be answered uh you know but i think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about what chris Mack's team could be this year yeah uh one last one real, real quick one last schedule note because you mentioned of it and I, I failed to bring it up but <laughs> i do think um I do think we'll get the ACC Big Ten challenge this week. Um, I had heard Wisconsin for Louisville. Um, I've heard Minnesota. I've heard that Louisville, as of Sunday or as of Saturday, Louisville didn't know um, exactly who uh, they were going to get. But uh, we'll get it this week. I really do. Um, I think they want to get that out there. But I don't know that we're going to know the ACC schedule I originally said November 1st, but I don't know that we're going to know it for a couple of weeks, a couple more weeks, just because I think they're trying to piecemeal everything uh, together and make it uh, as as good as possible 
as far as you know protocol and all that kind of good stuff and what happens if you do cancel some games so yeah, yeah the flexibility so aspects and all that but yeah. I'm, I'm excited about this uh, about this team the you know the yellow jersey that uh, that chris matt gives out to to you know to the top performer each week two weeks in a row carly jones has got it I, i'm telling you it's not a it's it, it's not hype it's not whatever i mean you can call it spin whatever you want to call it it's not that it's the it's the actual truth carly jones is the best player on the team um and 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 i think that's a good thing because i think carly will show everybody uh that and uh and and he was the best player on his team last year he'll be the best player on his team this year and uh, and i think he'll have a chance to to get drafted because more people will see him and he'll get to play against a higher competition and that's taking nothing away from dj who I, I mean, as you know, I love DJ. I've known DJ since he was in the seventh grade. Um, I, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick after this year, and I think he's going to help Louisville do great things. I just think Carleek is overall a, a better player, and I can't wait to see the two of them together with Sam on the offensive end doing his things. He just got to get better on the defensive end. Yeah, you know, right now we've got a great feature on the homepage. I'll link it in the uh, article with this podcast as well uh, from from the network, you know, put in Louisville number 23 in the 247 Sports uh, Top 25. And a lot has to do with the projection and, the, and what Carleek is bringing to this team. And as we've mentioned, you know, many, many times, he's the number one uh, grad, for, grad transfer uh, nationally, not just by 247 Sports, but multiple publications. Uh, ESPN had him uh, last week. You know, I think number nine nationally, or at least in the top ten, as far as uh, you know, new additions, regardless of how they're joining their new team, whether they're high school recruits, you know, old school transfers, whatever the case may be. Uh, so there's a lot riding on on what Carleek uh, is bringing to this squad. We've had a chance to talk to him. It's a kid who's very confident. You know, yeah. he obviously scored 20 points and you know, five rebounds, five assists, you know, unbelievable stats uh, last year at Radford. Now, obviously, jumping into the ACC's much a different competition level, you know, but what he can bring to the game, uh, to this team is certainly vast, uh, hugely important. Uh, we'll put it that way to, to the team success. And I think, you know, I think he's going to deliver. It's like going from the, uh, going from the four foot water to the eight foot water. It just takes you a second to get adjusted, but you got to know yeah. what you're doing and you'll be fine once you're down there. That's what I, uh, the way I look at it with Carleek and, uh, look, he's going to be, in my opinion, um, and, and I might, I'm, he might, you know, we might be overselling a little bit, but I don't think we are because, like I said, I think he's the best player on the team. I think he's going to prove to be the best grad transfer. Louisville's saying something because they've had they've had some yeah, really good ones. They have, and you know, and, and another one maybe we're underselling because we don't talk too much about is is Charles Menlin. Really, you know, curious to see you know how he performs. You know, he's got nice size. You know, he could potentially be one of the the guys in, in the starting lineup. I know you you've mentioned on the message boards that. He's probably going to be with one of the starting five. So I'm um, really excited to see what he brings to the table as well. And really, we don't get to talk much about him, but a guy that could, you know, in his own right, have a big impact this year as well. Yep. All right. Well, we we are going to uh, I promise that that next week we'll do a little more on basketball. We're going to do a schedule uh, podcast on basketball when we get uh, the non-conference schedule out for sure. And then we're going to do a uh the, the following week is a bye week for Louisville uh, football, so we will do a much more in-depth and detailed um, podcast on, uh, on on basketball that week. So uh, it'll be it'll be some good things coming up. We also have signing day coming up. I don't at this point expect 
anybody but the four. Um, we said on the board multiple times, Roosevelt Wheeler is the guy. I mean, quite honestly, um, we really don't even need a big board anymore because it's the Roosevelt Wheeler board. Um, yeah. and, and I think, you know, Louisville's in a really good spot with him. I would think that his injury um, and, and, and surgery would probably speed up the recruiting process. I don't know that for sure, but I've been told that he's going to come out with a top five here soon. So hopefully that will speed up the process a little bit moving forward, and, and, and we'll just have to kind of uh, wait and see uh, what happens with him. But uh, uh, I, I think the, the staff is in a pretty good spot with him and, uh, and, and I think when we get to uh, signing day, right now it'll be four in a few weeks here, and then, uh, and then we'll just have to wait and see uh, with that fifth one. If, if not, I mean, the Juco kid, Jamarian Sharp, is there, but, uh, but quite honestly, if Louisville doesn't get Roosevelt Wheeler, I would think that they would go the grad transfer route for a year. Uh, I, I don't know that for sure, but uh, that's what I would think, so... Uh, a lot going on there. Now, this, the women's side of things, they're finished recruiting in 2021, although Coach Walls, you never know. He could always pull something out of his hat. But quite honestly, they got so many players that they don't have room for them um, coming coming back and and, and that will be there. So uh, so they'll sign two. And, and the one thing that I think, Michael, we talked a little bit about it last week, but we didn't really – we just mentioned it, but it kind of hit me afterwards. They don't play Kentucky this year. Their schedule yeah. was released, and there's no Kentucky on there this year. And I meant to bring it up a couple times last week, but uh, um, it's no ill will or anything that's that's crazy or anything like that. I've heard their schedules just didn't match up, and uh, and that's the way it is. Yeah, it's certainly a unique year. Obviously, with the way the men's scheduling, you know, getting in this close to the season and, and still not knowing things for sure, uh, that serves obviously as an example of how crazy and how difficult it has been to, to schedule because, you know, as, as we've mentioned, you not only are you trying to find opponents, uh, you're trying to make sure you're following protocols. You want to make sure you've got some flexibility and in case a game gets postponed, you know, and, and things of that nature. So, you know, 2020 is just, you know, continuing to be 2020, um, you know, but to, when it comes to Jeff Wall's team, though, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing them on the floor again. I mean, obviously another, you know, team that's going to be favored as one of the teams that could reach the final four. So a lot of exciting times coming up on the hardwood for, for Louisville fans. Yeah. And I, I said this last week on the, on the board at some point or another. Um, and I'm writing a story uh, today, as a matter of fact, on depth uh, with walls and, and the, what they've got for the team. I, I, I don't know. I mean, Dana Evans is one of the best players in the country. There's no question about it. But I don't know that I wouldn't say Kiana Smith is not the best player on the team, and that's crazy I know to say, but <laughs> it, it. but it's it, but it's but it's true, and uh, and and I'm so excited to finally watch her uh, get on the floor. And Dana will the competition that she's bringing in in pre in, in preseason is going to make Dana even better because those kind of things are what drives uh, you know Dana to get better. Uh, and when she sees you know how Kiana plays each and every day. She just gets better and better. So I'm 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 pumped. I'm excited. Uh, and and again, and Jeff Walls told me too. Um, you know, there's a lot of people asking about, well, who would come back and what seniors and all that kind of stuff. And Jeff Walls said, I, I tell Dana Evans she's crazy if she wants to come back. And I said, yeah, that's probably a good thing. You know, she's going to be a top five pick in the WNBA yeah. draft. So she's not coming back. I saw somebody 
somewhere post something about, oh, dang, she's not she's not going to come back. It's just not it's not going to happen. So don't worry about it. But uh, but enjoy the year and enjoy this team, because, man, this is you're not going to get to see them very often, but they are very, very special. So we'll talk some more baseball as well, too. Michael, we got some baseball stuff to wrap up. We got bogged down and behind last week with everything that we were doing with with football and the and the streak and all that kind of good stuff that uh, we got some baseball stuff to get to. So we'll get that out there this week as well. It's just been, it's, Hey, we went from having nothing to having a hundred <laughs> things. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. Oh, by the way, shout out real quick before we go, uh, Danny Busboom Kelly volleyball team. They ended Pittsburgh's yes. 37 game match streak uh, this weekend. And then uh, coach Justine salary and the field hockey team, won an ACC title and they can clinch it outright with a win uh, later this week uh, at Syracuse. And obviously they would be a huge favorite at Syracuse. They would be the number one ranked team in the country right now, if they had a poll and in the spring, when that poll first comes out, they will be the number one ranked team in the country. And they are absolutely loaded for the next couple of years uh, in field hockey too. So congratulations to, all of those sports, but uh, I think it's time to wrap it up. We've done, we've, yeah. I'm out, jam almost out of breath. Jam packed. <laughs> so it's, it's a jam packed cards cast, you know? So uh, yeah, you know, again, uh, as you pointed out, we'll have uh, plenty of stuff coming throughout the week on football, both, both men's and women's basketball. We've got some baseball stuff uh, as well. Uh, you know, best of luck to Will Smith and the Dodgers as they try to wrap up a world series champion uh, championship for them as well. So uh, looking forward to for this weekend. I yeah, know. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. That's for sure. That's you know, all so right. All right. we'll look forward to yeah. we'll look <laughs> forward ahead. to this weekend and the game. We'll, we will do a uh, uh, a game day uh, cards cast this weekend as well, and we will see you then. For Michael McCammon, I'm Jody Dimling. This has been our weekly edition of the Cards Cast.